0: Catholic Theological Union, a graduate school of theology and ministry in Chicago, provides full tuition scholarships and dedicated formation to students. Scholarships include the Oscar Romero program, which prepares lay, Hispanic, Latine women and men for professional ministry with a creative formation program inspired by the life and ministry of St. Oscar Romero. CTU also offers the Augustus Tolton Pastoral Ministry Program, providing Black Catholics academic, personal, spiritual, and professional education and training in preparation for professional ministry. Learn more at ctu.edu slash programs.
1: Hey everyone, Shannon here. I am jumping on again just to let you know that some of our audio for this episode is a little bit body because of our connection so please be patient with us throughout this episode as we do lose a couple things that Father Josh has said. We are so excited to have you join us today and we hope you enjoy this episode.
0: Get hyped for another episode of Plaid Skirts and Basic Black, the Black Catholic podcast that dives into faith, culture, and pop culture each week, all through a Black Catholic lens. I'm the one and only Marcella McGee who constantly has to clear her throat after five weeks of laryngitis and trying not to throw out mom's spaghetti is my co-host, Shannon Trent. Today we're putting it down with the father of rap. Wait, we mean the one and only Father Josh Johnson priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge, author, speaker, podcaster, and fellow Black Catholic. Spoiler alert, welcome to the podcast.
2: What's up? What's up?
0: (laughs) Before you tell us a little bit more about yourself, you have to answer the three most important questions of the show that I've already answered for you, apparently. Okay. So, (laughs) Father Josh, are you Black?
2: I'm Blackity Black.
0: Blackity Black Black! What what? Are you Catholic?
2: I'm very Catholic.
0: You're Catholic that I can't talk. I need to stop talking. Apparently that's not my that's <laughs> not my thing. But what is the most basic thing about you?
2: Ain't nothing basic about baby. Ain't nothing basic. It's is not. that
0: true. Everyone has a basic thing. Come on. Ansel uh, was on the show and he even found something basic about now. Him. What
2: what what's basic about Ansel?
0: He said Marvel movies. <laughs> oh think, think on no no, no, think about it. What? There's Marvel movies and there's Marvel comics. Like if you're okay. like, do you know what I'm talking about? Like everybody has access to the Marvel movies. Like they've just okay. become part of our culture and they're an everyday thing. Right.
1: Okay. Everyone
0: knows. It's different. All
2: right. Yeah. Like we gave
0: it, we gave it to him. <laughs> but okay. even though there are probably other basic things about him, but he doesn't.
2: He just. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, there's some, there's, no, I'm joking. There's always, I'm, there's a lot of basic things. I'm very basic. <laughs> uh, so let's see. I. I use Old Spice deodorant. Uh, that's pretty basic. Oh.
3: Love Old Spice. <laughs> the,
2: the, the white kind, because I can't use the clear kind because the clear gel it makes my skin break out and like uh, the rash comes. So I just use the white kind.
0: So you're really an old man using Old Spice. Oh. You're not the, like. You're not like what's his name Isaiah Mustafa. I'm on a horse. Let, let, let me have <laughs> black and, a and horse.
2: Wait. This wait is old let spice. me black and real quick. One second. <laughs>
0: Is that, that man's name? Isaiah
2: Mustafa or I think so. This is this how basic I am right now, y'all. I got me some Murray's. We all know oh. Murray is. And oh you already God. know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> basic <laughs> and black. Black
2: black. Right here. And I got the light kind too, because I got I got super I got, light. Because because my daddy, my daddy, he's full black, and so his hair texture is different from my texture. Mm-hmm. I'm half black, half white. And so I gotta get the, the super light version for my for my hair because mm-hmm. you know?
0: Oh my gosh! It's I different. love it. I love it. Oh man! So thank you for answering our super important questions, Father yeah. Josh. So
2: so important. So, so important.
0: So tell us. Tell us about yourself. Who are you, and where are you from?
2: <laughs> hey, I'm, so I'm Father Josh Johnson. I'm from the Diocese of Baton Rouge. I've been a priest now for about eight years. I uh, fell in love with Jesus Christ on June 26, 2004, uh, Saturday night. What's, why? That's why my a-
0: birthday!
2: Stop, <laughs> ah, so on your birthday is whatever. It
0: is her birthday, it's not yeah. September. Happy
2: birthday <laughs> to you.
0: To you.
2: Happy, Happy birthday, birthday. To you. <laughs> So yeah, I had my conversion at, at a, before the Blessed Sacrament, uh, began to prioritize time with the Eucharist, came back to the church after this encounter with the Lord, Went to Southern University and HBCU. Shout out to all the historical black colleges. I I went there. While I was there the whole time, I knew that God was calling me to be a priest, but I kept trying to run from it. So I tried to audition for BET's 106 in Park. uh, And Terrence J. and Roxy got it over me. So shout out to them for getting my job. And... (laughs) Jesus and
3: had
2: after, some other plans. <laughs> that's what he did. he did. Well, my brother, so at that time, my brother was a rapper. My brother would, uh, he was a rapper with, what was their record label called? I forgot, but he rapped with like Webby and Lil Boosie and all of them. I grew up with Kevin Gates. And so in my environment growing up, I, I I was surrounded by the music industry. My brother's name was Young Sicker back then. He's version since then. His name is Sicker Sin now. But um, so I thought that I'll be in the entertainment industry. And so that's why I tried to be a, a radio VJ with BT. And praise God that didn't work out. Uh, so I eventually kept going at adoration every day during this whole time. And I was, I was in love. And I'm still in love with the Lord. And so I, I just, I felt like the Lord wanted me to go to seminary. I didn't want to be a priest. Um, I didn't want to be celibate. I didn't want to, I, I didn't, I never saw a black priest. So I said, we can't be a priest. Uh, so how could God call me? So there was a lot of things that were barriers for me, but I was in love with the Lord and, and I couldn't stop thinking about the priesthood. So I decided to go to seminary to to make Jesus happy. And after being in seminary for about four years, I fell in love with the idea of being a priest. And four years after that, I was ordained. And eight years later, four books later, I am now um, the vocation director and I'm trying to accompany people in their relationship with the Lord and the church and inform saints in our generation. And I have a new book out, we can to talk about it later, but I gotta give a shout out, cheap plug, On Earth As It Is In Heaven, uh, Restoring God's Vision of Race and Discipleship is out now at www.assistopress.com on earth. So yeah, I they need to that get out. that book. <laughs> get that book.
3: It's good. I can't wait to talk about it later. Uh, but before we do that, it's time for the most interesting part of the podcast, which is the weather check.
0: Let's check. Yes. And, each other. and also, it's interesting. And Shannon just took my job. I did. I'm just going to say That's that. That's what I do. Okay.
2: Just trying scene. to show off in front of other mm-hmm. Josh. Yep. Yeah, she, she, look, 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 before you came on a podcast, she was talking mad, mad noise about was you. Was so she? Oh yeah, uh, no! I'm gonna Time for rap speaker. battle. No, bring don't. it to the light. Bring <laughs> it to the down. light. Bring him out. Bring him out. <laughs> bring,
0: bring him out. Bring I would be <laughs> terrible. I am oh my gosh! At <laughs> We're gonna go on so many musical tangents. So yes. Okay, fine. Shannon, you go ahead if you want to talk so much. No, tell
2: I'm not to Rude rude sip on that right now (laughs) uh
3: so i'm calling it um cloudy but warm i'm home with the kids e-learning uh so it's it's just kind of like managing children who don't want to do work but have to do work but also that's kind of chill because i get to like catch up on laundry and dishes and like read a book do a little bit of work and Not sort of have the pressure of being in the office, which is nice. Uh, And I also get to pack because, as many of you know, I am moving back to Chicago. Going to be hanging out with Marcia all the time now and uh, taking a job with the Archdiocese of Chicago. And so just like any chance I get to put some stuff in a box, I'm going to take it. (laughs) So that's where I'm at. How about you, Marcia?
0: So my weather is also cloudy. But it's with a chance of a dance party. So that's kind of how I am going today. So like, I'm supposed to be with Shannon right now recording this, <laughs> talking to you, going to Indy, but, um, well, be in Indy with Shannon right now, but my radiator has a whole leak <laughs> and in my car. And so like, I was like, oh, great. And it is not covered under my warranty. So I am very sad about that. It was one of those things where like, I woke up this morning, and I was like, it's just as well because... Today's kind of a, it's a, it's one of my heart days. Um, Like Shannon knows this and all my listeners know this father Josh, you don't probably don't know this. Uh, today's my son's birthday. Um, he's 19 today. I placed him um, with a family at birth mm-hmm. and it's an open adoption. So just for everyone who's new, it is an open adoption. I've known him his whole life. I was his confirmation sponsor. It's like, I don't know where he is. Like, I'm, I'm going to call him eventually when he wakes up because he's in college and he doesn't wake up until it's nighttime, apparently. But so <laughs> um, I, know, right? I know, right? I was like, what is your life, kid? So
2: um,
0: and um, today's a hard day for me always. It doesn't ever matter how much I'm in his life or talk to him or how close I am with his parents or anything today's a hard day. And I woke up this morning and I was like, okay, you can do hard things today. And my distraction that I was looking forward to fell through <laughs> going to Indy and seeing the new fantastic beast movie with Shannon. <laughs> but um, I got up this morning and I went to mass and um, I listened to the Rose Ruth, many Hail Marys at a time. And I never, cause I work second shift. So I, I'm never, i out of bed before eight, um, usually, but this morning I was like, okay, we're waking up and we're going to, we're going to do hard things today and it's going to be okay. And and then just before I had a dance party before I happened on the recording. So, it today's cloudy. I mean, there was a chance of a dance party. It definitely happened. Um, there might be another dance party. (laughs) I've got my sister is actually. She texted me last night. She's like, Do you want to do a Peloton workout? She has a Peloton. I have a Peloton with the Peloton app. <laughs> like, I, have a, I have a bike. And um, she's like, We should do a workout. And I was like, I really love you for this. Yes, let's do a Peloton workout. That's kind of where I am. And I, I'm always really honest. Everyone, if people are new here, I'm always incredibly honest with how I'm feeling because it's important to share your struggles when appropriate. And so, I'm sharing that it, it, it's a hard day and I think it's important that people know it's a hard day. And then the work that I do in family preservation um, and understanding the real impact of adoption, but that's a whole nother show <laughs> that we're going to get into later actually. So, um, so yeah, that's a, uh, that, that's, but I had a dance parties. So it was cloudy with a chance of a dance party. The dance party happened and there we go. <laughs> now it went womp womp. What about you, Father Josh?
2: Thank, thank you for sharing. I've read your book <laughs> that y'all wrote together, which I think is one of the best books of 2020, 2022, 2022. right? Well, yeah.
0: even though yours is yours, we're, yours, and yours
2: and ours. Yeah well, ours. I, well, yeah. well, I read yours last year though, whenever. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's it was right. great. <laughs> it was great. I just, I loved it. And I laughed at the whole thing, but also you were very vulnerable in that book. And so I just, I reverence you and your heart and your story. And so God thank bless you. you. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm I'm in sunshine right now. I've got sunshine. And it ain't a cloudy day for me because yeah, it's just it's been really good. I, I got back from a CC in Rome like a, a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And it's just that was just right. I love a CC. A if I could like retire, I would retire there. Mm-hmm. I I I love it. It's easy to pray there. There's an anointing over that place. I got back and it's been Real chill. I mean, it's been beautiful, and I have a retreat this weekend for discernment for guys thinking about the priesthood at the Abbey. And so, the Abbey is a beautiful monastery there. So, I'm gonna leave here in a little bit and go over there. So, uh, weather's great outside. I, that typically helps me be in consolation and prayer whenever it's good weather outside. And yeah, it's just a gift. My my parents read my book recently, and it was beautiful. My dad loved it. My dad's 84 years old, and so for my dad to be able to see. Uh, his story be written in his book as well, and my mom's story as well, uh, it meant a lot for me to hear his feedback of how 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 proud he was and how grateful he was that his story is being shared as well. And, and that's just a gift for me. I mean, because, you know, as they age, we don't know how much longer they have. And and I'm just grateful that I'm able to have these conversations with him. And so he called me yesterday and said, I love the book. I love it so much. I, I love what you wrote. Because I was kind of worried. I was, you know, because I told a lot of the stories about what he went through being um, the, a black cop and, um, and, and having KKK as, as his fellow and, and some of the stuff he went through. And, and he, was, he was proud of it. So I was like, all right, cool, we're good, we're good. So I'm doing great. Wow. That's, awesome. That's awesome.
1: Hey listeners, Shannon here. If you've listened to our podcast for any length of time, you know that I love to put on my teacher hat and talk about theology, ministry, church teaching, and all that jazz. Well, the main reason I'm able to do all of that, as well as Mariah Carey can hit a high note, is because of my education at Catholic Theological Union in Chicago. Catholic Theological Union is a graduate school of theology and ministry in Chicago, our hometown, and the greatest city in the world. Sorry, Lynn manuel Miranda. CTU provides full tuition scholarships and dedicated formation to students. And believe me when I tell you the formation I received at CTU has changed my life. Not only did I grow in my faith, but I got to engage with people who were just as passionate as I was about living our faith in the world and bringing that faith to our lives and ministry. Catholic Theological Union offers both degree programs and continuing education that emphasize intercultural encounter, academic rigor, individual spiritual development, and interreligious dialogue. Most importantly, it helped me fall more in love with Jesus as a disciple who is being formed for ministry. To find out more about opportunities for your growth at CTU, go to ctu.edu/programs. That's ctu.edu/programs.
0: That's really awesome. Okay. You know what else is pretty awesome? You are. Oh well.
2: tell me more. Tell me more.
0: I know, right? <laughs> anyway, as you were saying, um, hip-hop, it is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, it is I like it is so black and black. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, there are non-black hip-hop artists um, yeah. and rappers and things like that. But, I mean, tell me a music that isn't black and black. I'm just saying, but anyway. Like i like Lizzo said, it black
3: people. like hip-hop. magical music, music from the medieval classical period. music. There you
0: are. <laughs> you can have classical music that is not black. There music, is great black. European but music as well. <laughs> hip hop is yeah. the music that is most associated with black people, and we are actually going to talk a little bit about hip hop, why we love it, and what it teaches us about being better disciples in the world today. So to get things started. Let's share a little bit about what we love about hip-hop and what is your favorite hip-hop album, Father Josh.
2: Wow, we're gonna start. So I think one of the things that I love about hip-hop is the vulnerability uh, in hip-hop music where the artists uh, are sharing their authentic thoughts, feelings, and desires. I just think so often in our life and our walk toward eternity, we can be so fake before the presence of God and fake with other people. We wear a mask at work, we wear a mask at school, and then we wear a mask even in prayer with God and we go into church, and we're struggling, and we're not doing okay, and we do our fathers in hell, marriages and glory, be, and then we leave, and the Lord's like, that's nice, and I'm grateful you're praying rote prayers, because I taught rote prayers. Like Rote prayers are great, but I would really appreciate if you could be vulnerable with me and tell me that you're upset right now, and that you're not happy right now, and that you're frustrated, and that you're struggling, and that you don't know if you're going to be able to make ends meet. Rap music to me is like the Psalms. The Psalms are so real. The Psalms, uh, they express so many different emotions, and it's not superficial. And I, that's one thing I've always appreciated about, obviously some rap music, some rap music is corny and some rap music is, is whack and some rap music is just ridiculous. But but some of the best is where you you hear the show of what a person is going through and their capacity and ability to articulate that in such a way that it resonates with the listener and it gives the listener hope and helps the listener to realize that I'm not alone. And what I'm experiencing in my neighborhood or in my family or in my life um, is, is not something that I should be ashamed of because other people are also going through the same thing. And so I appreciate that so much about rap music in general and probably the best album. So this was hard for me because I mean, was growing up, I grew up listening to rap music and, and even rapping myself. And so I like a lot of rap songs. Like there's a lot of, but there are very few albums that I'll say there's like a cohesive album that was just great, except for the miseducation of Lauren Hill. It, that, you, you're on mute right now. I can't, you can't hear you screaming. I see your face screaming, but you're not, I can't hear you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh my gosh. I, okay. You're yeah, so it's gonna I be think a hat trick. Probably it's gonna best. be a hat trick, everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I think it's probably no. the best rap album of all time. I, I, again, I appreciate oh. T-Fox, Shakur, like Keep Your Head Up, Dear Mama, I Ain't Mad At You. I appreciate Nas. All I got is One Mic, Illmatic, Stillmatic. I appreciate some Jay-Z songs. I appreciate Rakim. Yes. I appreciate even Eminem, Maybe. Lose Yourself. Um, but if, if I'm thinking about an album, and, and then I and I'm also oh like gosh. I'm an 80s baby, so there's like there's certain rap songs that even to this day, uh I will like jam out to really loud just because mm-hmm. everybody knows the lyrics, such as like Coolio, Gangsta Paradise, and mm-hmm. Bone of Comedy, uh Crossroads, yes. and uh and Ja Rule, like until 50 Cent destroyed his career. I was like the biggest Ja Rule fan. <laughs> um uh It's murder. <laughs> but I uh that's
0: some beef. Beef
2: in the chat. Anyways, but, but yeah, the, the album that I would say was a great album. And it's an album that I can still listen as a priest. There's some songs that I don't listen to anymore from Ja Rule and from Jay-Z anymore, because <laughs> it's just not from, from, from my relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But Lauren mm-hmm. Hill's the album I still listen to all the time. Uh, and I think it's a classic. Oh my, like, it's
0: going like to be a hat trick. I was seriously like, <laughs> I was, looking I was like Shannon took my answer right <laughs> guys I'm gonna tell you I have miseducation of Lauren Hill on vinyl yeah yes mm-hmm. yeah of course you do vinyl That's and crazy. it sounds amazing
2: mm-hmm. I
0: just need y'all to know that <laughs> okay that is crazy that we all have the yes. same answer
3: it's funny because I meant I was gonna put like sister act two as a joke
2: <laughs>
0: going
2: to say Hamilton. <laughs> oh, it was a great, again, that's a soundtrack that was phenomenal. Right? It's like mm-hmm. they got a few, a few things out there that is from from beginning to end, we can listen to it and, and not skip a track. Uh, mm-hmm. And there, there's just very few albums of any genre mm-hmm. that I find I can listen to an entire album without skipping a track. But yeah. Lauren Hill, she did it. With that one, she did it.
3: Yeah, I don't oh. really have much to add to that, except like, so I'm a, I'm an also an 80s baby. I'm an old millennial or an exennial, um, as I think. I'm
0: the oldest one on this podcast. So yes,
3: you me. are. Absolutely. I'm saying I'm an old millennial, not right. that I'm older than you. <laughs> and so like my junior high and high school years were right when hip hop really exploded and R&B came back. So like 99 to 03 big money records bad boy like all really? of that was right in my like high school years when it was sort of like stop the-
2: drop
0: drop down, stop. Open oh, you got to you got to get in there stop but <laughs> <Drop. laughs> that voice oh i yep. was thinking i was like public enemy when you check my answer <laughs> i was like public enemy fight the power n w a oh my but Fight the Power was my first rap song. So, I was like that I will go like I can say that but not that whole album.
2: <laughs> it's so funny.
0: Okay, oh this is going to be a very niche podcast episode for people that are like I don't know what's happening, but I'm just going to enjoy
2: it. <laughs> what are they talking about? I feel so uncomfortable right now. Lean into the discomfort.
0: <laughs> I was on a podcast yesterday and I said that of like we need to start sitting with discomfort so we can stand in solidarity that's a real thing um so now that we've all understood that we all have the same favorite hip-hop album of all time but you know though it's not it's not a bad it's not a bad um, album to be a favorite let's talk about why do we think hip-hop is so important in our wider culture over the past 30 years
2: yeah I mean I think I'll go back to what I said earlier it's just it it's a part of our culture that helps us to express our thoughts, feelings, and desires. And and we live, I think, in a general culture that likes for us to suppress our feelings and to suppress what we're going through and to act like everything's okay. And reality is, is our lives are messy. We all have families that are messy and broken relationships and broken homes. And yeah, and I, I think that hip hop gives us an outlet to communicate that, which is sometimes difficult to put into. And so uh, I'm very grateful for hip hop. Like That's been that way for me with scripture as well. That there's been times where I can't articulate what i'm feeling in my heart and i go find a psalm and when i find that song I'm like this is it this is the psalm that i'm feeling right now and the same is true for hip-hop there's sometimes where there's a song that comes out like when eve came out with love is blind or, or there's just different ones that like whoa that one is speaking to something that i've experienced and i've never been able to articulate what i was going through and so yeah i just i think it's a great gift to our entire world um because so many times we just, we're not being authentic. We're not being real. And hip hop is a, is a, is a culture that you can't be faking. Uh, and if you are trying to be faking it, you're going to get out. Like no, going to accept fake hip hop music. They never last. Yeah, You will get
0: called out. So it's funny. So in the last 30 years, I think hip hop has changed a lot. Right. So when I was a kid, like I just said, public enemy was my very like fight the power. That was my first rap song. And that was going to be my answer before it was I knew it was gonna be a hat trick because I thought Shannon just stole my answer and I was like fine I'll say something else. <laughs> um it's all about shouting into the wilderness like right like see me, acknowledge me, witness me. Um and that's always kind of what it's been right like and it's always been a, a message and a mission. I don't know if you would agree with that. And I and I feel like that's kind of how it's been and it still is that in a lot of ways. There was a time um where People um, were really simplistic about it, and they were like, "Oh, it's all about girls and money and cars and da 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 da." And that's kind of where I fell off for a little bit. But then you go back and look at it, and you're like, "No, it's still, you know, shout into the wilderness, witness me, see me, acknowledge me, keep me relevant." It was just our values were very different, yeah. right? Like we were fighting for change and justice in the eighties and public enemy was like, no, but really fight the power. And, and it was like, I'm straight out of Compton. Like, do you see what's happening in Compton? <laughs> do you know? And now it's like, yeah. I, and so, do you know what I mean? Now it's like, I need you to witness, like, this is apparently what success is. So logos all over women and money and cars, do you know what I mean? And now it's kind of come back to take me as I am or don't take me at all. And I kind of mm-hmm. love that.
2: And I would even say to that, to your point, I mean, historically in our nation, right, black bodies were objects, like black bodies were controlled. And whenever hip hop came out, it was a statement that you cannot control what I say or how I say it or when I say it or where I say it or why I'm saying it. It was bringing to the light something that people weren't seeing a lot, right? Like a lot of injustices that some people just didn't know about um, and saying it in a way that they felt like saying it without you telling me, here's how you get permission to say what you're thinking. Like, no, nah, I'm going to say it this way, whether you like it or not. It's it's all, I mean, it all, it's connected to our history in this land.
3: Yeah. I think um, to speak to that, there's a great works from modern black theologians, especially liberation theologians who talk about rap as a prophetic act uh, of the church, even though that if you look at someone like Tupac, he's kind of got that thing going where it's like both and, you know, of like, He's not in the church, but so much of what he's putting out there is spiritual, is referencing God, those kinds of things. I think about DMX too, like DMX is, is very much that way.
0: With all, all that being said about how much you love hip hop and how it's been influential, like what does that have to do with our Christian journey, right? Like how does it teach us about being disciples of Jesus in this time in history in a time such as this, as we like to say, <laughs> <laughs> because there are a lot of people, probably our listeners out there who are thinking like, what does hip hop? Because, Christ, right? right? <laughs> yeah, because, well again you know because of the <laughs> the bad rap it's got <laughs> and media in our world so what does that have to do with being a disciple of jesus like father josh you mentioned earlier that like, there are some songs that you don't listen to mm-hmm,
2: right, right
0: now mm-hmm. anymore because you're like as a preacher like, you know this is not this doesn't yeah. work for me but yeah. that goes for anything that yeah,
2: any, any disciple yeah movies. i mean right I, mean, I think their music has the capacity to either it affects our emotions whether we like it or not right i remember when i was in high school ludacris was out with that song move mm, get out oh. the way get out the way and when i heard that song it made like my emotions i became very great especially if there was somebody in the in the house party who i didn't like like mm. my shirt was coming off and we we're about to box because like, <laughs> hey, like, after you, you see me what's up you know if you put on an RB song uh like you know usher uh, one of his uh, things nice and slow. I, all, all of a sudden i see a girl i like i'm like hey like what's up so mm-hmm. like, music does affect us right the angels in heaven sing so it, like it, music is something that we even do in heaven so uh but one of the things that i like to encourage people to do especially when people struggle with hip-hop after their conversion like, i know some people are like oh i had to give it up after i came back to jesus like all together and i'm like well you know i mean for each his own and her own but i think that the uh, pure approach to to this genre of music is the Thomistic approach. And so St. Thomas Aquinas, and even before him, St. Dominic, in Dominic's time, a lot of Catholics were leaving the church because of this Cathar heresy that was around. And as they were leaving the church, it was St. Dominic who approached the, the Holy Father and said, listen, these Cathar heretics are using the writings of this pagan by the name of Aristotle. And they're using his writings to draw Catholics away from the church. Can you please give me permission to dive into Aristotle's writings so I can I can see and see what's good and see what's bad and reject what's bad, but accept what's good and use what's good to bring our Catholics back home. And so he was the first to get permission to do this. And the Catholic heresy is not here anymore, right? That heresy has been eradicated all because St. Dominic, he wasn't afraid of what everybody in the culture were reading and what they were into, um, even if it didn't originate from church. So Thomas Aquinas takes it a step further. He's like, well, I think Dominic, he scratched the surface, but I think we can dive deep into these writings of Aristotle, go real deep into them, and even use them to articulate our faith, use them to communicate the theology of our faith. And so he took Aristotle, this pagan's writings, and again, he was able to discern and distinguish what is good and what is not so good. And what was not so good, he was able to throw the bathwater out, but keep the baby and then use that baby to articulate matter and form and substance and accidents. All these terms that we use in our catechism today that are written in the Summa Theologica that come from Aristotle, like someone who was not Catholic, who was not a church guy, who was a pagan, and who some of his writings were really, really bad. But we didn't reject all of his writings. And so the same approach, I think, should be the model for 21st century disciples with rap music. Uh, we need to be able to examine it um, and, and say what is really good in this, and what's not so good, and, and with a discerning heart, like be able to accept what's good and allow what's good to to help us to, to grow in our relationship with each other, and our community, and our Lord, and then what's not so good, we should be able to call out and say, and here's why it's not so good, and this is why we're not going to be a part of this right here, and so uh, that, that's, I think, the the disposition of a disciple of Jesus Christ is is to engage the world, engage the culture, engage the stuff out there and see how we can use what we can use to build up the body of Christ and see how we can also help the body of Christ to avoid what's not so helpful for them in their walk toward becoming saints. Amen. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) No, no, that, yeah, I I love that. And there are a lot of artists that – Like, I mean, I'm not going to call them like prophets. Like everyone talks about like Tupac was a prophet and Tupac. like, I'm not going to like say like, no, he absolutely wasn't. But yeah, Tupac absolutely was was talking about a lot of things he had to say really can inform our lives now and how we speak truth to power and how we engage, we engage conflict, gauging conflict with the goal of understanding and building bridges and things like that. I think he was the really the first person that I can remember that when I was growing up about what it's like to have hard conversations um, mm-hmm. like, angering people and upsetting them for the good of all people he was the dumbledore of the rap game
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know? you're like that bring a little Harry Potter into this <laughs> you know I have a problem right
3: yeah um I think I'd add to that. In many ways, like hip-hop, I I think of a lot like scripture, um, that like in scripture, we find these stories of people doing terrible things, right? And God is yet still working and the spirit is still moving through that. And I think that's true of of like any musical genre, um, that like we have good and bad and everything. But I also think that sort of like as a modern, um, recent musical development, it is really something that encourages us to find the balance between the individual and the community. Uh, That um, it is about my flow, my talent, all of these things in rap, what I can do as an individual. But also there's always structure within that. And it's always right. Like hip hop is not like a, Brand new thing that sort of like appears out of nowhere, right? It has roots in jazz, R and B, uh, poetry, right? All of these things that are already part of Black culture that kind of percolate in this perfect storm, in this time and space, and right, even the the dancing that sort of develops around it. All of this is it becomes this twenty first century idea of like, how do I honor the tradition. How do I express myself as a person? How do I challenge what came before, but also honor what came before, right? The idea of sampling, like that is a, that comes straight from hip hop. You don't have people, like you had people covering thing, but you don't just sort of have that, like, I'm going to take this Louis Armstrong song and like remix it with a DJ, right? Like that's, um, Mm And I think that's something that that we can learn from as Catholics, especially who carry this long line of tradition through uh, 2000 years that, you know, we're sort of working with what we had <laughs> um, and we're not letting go of what we had. In fact, we're honoring, yeah. right? All of it. But, you know, there's a reason our liturgies don't look all that different than they did in the year 300 or whatever, but also that we are bringing that forward into our own time, and that requires all of our individual gifts and talents, and listening to the voice of God, right? Paying attention and freestyling it, right? Like I'm always freestyling what God is calling me to
0: do. Oh, right? um, I was like, I, I'm not. That I'm not was always freestyling,
3: joke, uh, but right, but every day that. is different. Every day.
0: <laughs> How early do you need to get to the airport, Shannon? That was a whole bad joke. But
3: anyway. <laughs> Every day, God is calling me to live my relationship with him in that particular space and time. And I have to also continue to build my relationship with him, to encounter him daily, but also to adapt to the circumstances I find myself and to live out my love for Christ, to show my love for Christ through my actions in that day. It's not just enough to sort of be like, well, I'm good. I've got the church's tradition. It's enough. Uh, It's also about me carrying the gospel into the next generation. That's what I have to do. So I think that's something we can definitely learn.
0: That's a good conversation. I know we're all smart. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, there's more. There's more. We can't, we can't have you on Father Josh and only talk about hip hop, right? I mean, we could, we absolutely could, that could happen, but we also want to talk about your book, Shannon, who's already read it, correct? Are you, or you are still reading it? Currently? Yeah, I, I finished
3: it last night. So, oh I've been, you know, I read fast. <laughs> I just tear fast. through things.
0: <laughs> she does read fast. Once her kids go to bed, that's it. Her and her husband, man, <laughs> both readers. It's, um, but we want to talk about your book as well on earth as it is in heaven so you just re- it just released you said it's out what what day, it just, did it come
2: out just came out it, um i figured i better start you know the media train to promote it now because it came <laughs> That's out early.
0: amazing so it came and it's it's called on earth as it is in heaven restoring god's vision of race and discipleship which is available available now from ascension press so can you tell us a little bit about the impetus for writing this book and why it's important for our church today
2: yeah thank you and i would love to uh even get and its feedback whenever uh, we can about her experience of reading the the book. But you and I both have seen the division in the church and in the body of Christ, the church, the people, the the priests, the bishops, the sisters, the lay ministers, um, our brothers and sisters in the pews next to us. There's so many wounds that have been uh, caused because of racism, because of slavery to the Jim Crow laws, to the, the current unjust practices and policies that have gone unaddressed in our communities. Uh, I would just say I perceive the Lord inspired me to write a book that would help uh, accompany each other in difficult conversations uh, so that we can go out and make disciples of all nations. A lot of people feel threatened sometimes when we talk about race and they get very uncomfortable. And this, in this book, I just wanted to give people tools and resources to help them to have those difficult conversations so that we can console the heart of Jesus. Because before he went to his passion and death, he prayed to the Father for unity in the body of Christ. He prayed that we would all be one. And we're not all one. We're not. And so we have to do to console the heart of Jesus, to fulfill the demands of discipleship, which are very clear. He said it in the Bible, go out and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say make disciples of some nations. And the word nations in the Bible is from the Greek word ethnos which means ethnicities. And so he didn't say God make disciples of some ethnicities. He said all, oh, period. So I don't care what ethnicity you come from. You have a responsibility if you consider yourself to be a Catholic to go out to everybody and their mama. And and, and it does not matter if they're associated background. It doesn't matter the language they speak. It doesn't matter whether they vote politically. You must, if you are going to be a Christian, go out to everybody, listen to everybody, learn from them how you can better accompany them and walk with them to the sacrament believe on our judgment day, God's gonna hold us accountable, and God's gonna say, "Why didn't you invite me to your mission or your retreat? Why didn't you invite me to check out RCIA? Why didn't you me to sit with you at mass?" And I'm gonna say, "But God, when did I see you and not invite you to my Bible study or the RCIA or the mass?" And he's gonna say, "When you saw that person who was black, or when you saw that person who was Latina, or when you saw that person who was who was uh, Italian, whatever whatever it is." And I'm like, "Oh, but you can't expect me to go to them." And He's like. Say it. I said like like Nene leaks. I said what I said. I so God said what He said, and I I can't come over here and be like like, what Satan does is Satan even in the beginning of Genesis He spoke to Eve and He said say that the God really say you can't eat the the fruit from that tree and that's what He says to us He says the God really say that you are supposed to go to all people and I'm like yeah but they racist God. He's like I don't care. I want them to repent and believe in the gospel. So you go to that person who is racist or who supports a racist practice or whatever, and you invite them to discipleship. But that's uncomfortable, God. I'm like, yeah, you know, it was uncomfortable for all the saints. The apostles were all martyred. They were martyred for the faith. They didn't say, oh, but they might reject me or they might abandon me or they might betray me or they might they might write a mean tweet for me, or they might give me a bad review. God apostles said, I want them to be in heaven. And so even if they crucify me, I'm willing to die for the sake of their salvation. And so we got to go out to all people so that all of us together can help each other to have ongoing conversions and become the saints that God wants us to be so that we can build a salvation of love on earth as it is in, in heaven. So that's why I wrote the book. I feel very passionate about this because I believe that so much of the conversation is oftentimes not rooted in, our, in, in the scriptures. It's not rooted in the word of God and the church's teachings It's not rooted in the witness of what the saints did before us. And and I just want to kind of remind us, I'm saying nothing new in the book, I don't think. I'm just reminding us to look back to what God already said and what the saints have already done and what we're being invited to do today um, so that the heart of Jesus Christ can be consoled. And it's difficult. And y'all have experienced it, too. I mean, I've been called every name ever since I began to talk about this topic. I have been called every name under the sun. I've been called, you know, communist or, or or Marxist or reverse racist or you whatever you want. I'm like, what like I ain't none of that stuff, right? I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm a beloved son of God the Father and I'm a Catholic priest who is in line with every teaching of Holy Mother Church. The problem is is you're not. You're not in line with the teaching of the church. And so you're uncomfortable with the teaching of the church that are very clear on what we're supposed to be doing right now. And so don't try to gaslight me because you're not the father the man of disciple. So book is, so far, the people who have read it have said it's been helpful for them to be inspired and feel equipped with the tools to go out and not do everything, but to do the one thing that they can do to to form disciples in the geographical boundaries of their community across the racial divide.
3: Like preach, but uh, <laughs> I know you do it on, <laughs> on Sunday too. All I'm thinking like, and
0: that's on period. Um. <laughs> that's on period. Um. Um.
3: With at with a T, but I think that's what I really appreciated as someone who does like diversity equity and inclusion work, who does this in the church, who works for the church, who has all the fancy degrees, right. We obviously wrote our book, which you've read, it's kind of in this in the similar vein of hoping to like bridge these these divides. But even in writing that, like I think the thing that I've appreciated about all of the books like this that are coming out right now from Black Catholics is each one's a little bit different and and approaching in a different way. But yours in particular, I love that you're really focused on the spiritual life, and I think that's a way that people haven't approached this in recent times. Again, like not that we're not talking about it as Catholics or we're not talking about our spiritual Mm -hmm. lives, but like you give us this like strong grounding of like here are these practices you need to do and like here you know uh, and i mean specifically like prayer you know it's like take it to the blessed sacrament and here's what you're going to do you know not that it's going to look the same for everyone but it's it's not something we've had because i think that in some ways the church as an institution and i say this with love has sort of not had black voices Addressing this problem., uh, you know, mm-hmm. we sort of had like the the letters from the black Bishops or the letters from all the bishops, which have been great. But until very recently, it seems like this has not been a conversation that people of different ethnic backgrounds have been willing to let black voices give our wisdom to, right? Of like, we have been walking yeah. with this for our whole lives. Please let us give you our wisdom. Yeah. And I'm so grateful to you for being so vulnerable. Uh, especially with, you know, the stories that you tell about your own walk, about the ways that Christ has challenged you, about the way he's challenged others through you. And um, I just, you know, I will gush about it all day, but I think you did a wonderful job.
0: (laughs) And of course, God, God working through that as well. (laughs) And I feel real called out when you just, and it's fine. It's good to call me out sometimes. And I don't always, um, I can only really be truly called out by people um, who, I res- or who I respect, so. <laughs> but um, I do, when you just said about, like, you're not wanting to engage or invite those who might have, like, racist politics or racist um, ideas, because I'm, like, my whole stance is, like, I do not have time for that. No, thank you. Like that is not my ministry, but you're like, it very much is your ministry. And, um, so that that's going to cause me to kind of do some interior work. And, um, I'm not saying like right now I'm going to like reach out, like reach out and touch some racist hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, like, I'm not going to go like right now, they
3: but I do not want you to touch it, them. I
0: can
2: so. like, reference you, Marcia as well. To reverence you, I think that we have to discern like, what am I called to do with this person? Because you have to reverence your own boundaries. Like, we're not called to do everything. So, you're not necessarily called to be best friends with that person. Like, is, is the Lord inviting you to, to, to pray for that person? Is he inviting you to fast for that person? Is he inviting you to walk with that person? To, like, so it's, it's going kind of like different. So I don't want people to hear this be like, well, I have to look the same way it looked for, for, for Father Augustus Tolton or for Mother at de Lille are are for Thea Bowman. Like, it, it's going to look different for each one of us, but if we're rooted in prayer, the Holy Spirit, he will show us the one thing he's calling us to do okay. to reach out to people and to invite people to deeper discipleship, which literally might be like Therese. It might be behind closed doors before the bus of sacrament, and that's all they're going to get. Um, because you got to protect yourself too, because you're the body of Christ. And yeah, so you have to, to reverence yourself too. And like, what do you have the capacity for? And so I always like, I let people know I got a spiritual director and I got a counselor. And so I process all this stuff and and there are certain seasons mm-hmm. where I'm able to go and do more. And there are other seasons where I'm doing less, but I'm doing what I'm able to do for the kingdom of God. But yeah, so it's not as black and white like as this liar. is that makes it. No, I appreciate different.
0: that. I appreciate that um, clarification. Um, but I do, and I also appreciate the clarity that it brings, like in what my mission is. Uh, and sometimes I kind of forget that I do. I really do. I, I don't always think my way is the best way, but we kind of get stuck in our ways. And if it works for us and no one's called us out, we keep doing it thinking it's working. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's true. Like we all need a gut check, even those that are doing do. work. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Praise God. Uh, so in your book. You talk a little bit about the need, or a lot in the book, about the need for the church to intentionally engage in Black communities. What are some things you have seen work successfully in parishes to bridge those divides?
2: First of all, is whenever we, a lot of our parishes are located in predominantly Black communities, but then you go to those churches and they don't look predominantly Black. And so the responsibility of the pastor and the DRE and the youth minister and anybody that's registered is to go out to the people in the geographical boundaries of their land and to walk with them, to sit with them, to learn from them on um, how they can better make disciples. I tell a story, and I'm going to give you a lot more detail in this than you get in the book, about Sister Teresa Berlin, because in the book, uh, I only I, I was very PG with, with the story. Uh, so there's, there's, there's always more, so praise God for, for podcasts. podcast. So Sister Teresa Berlin was a nun with Mother Angelica for a number of years, a cloistered nun of Angelica, and after like 20 years of praying for a blessed sacrament, like, she felt the Lord was like, you need to go be a hermit. Now, at that time, she had never heard of a hermit. She asked Mother Angelica. She gave her permission to give it a shot. She went back home to Covington, Louisiana. When she came back to Covington, Louisiana, uh, she, her parents had her uh, like living in a dollhouse in their backyard and her full Mother Angelica habit. And then once a week, she would go out and there was a predominantly black neighborhood in the geographical boundaries of the church parish. It was a very low income neighborhood. And she was familiar with it from when she was a, a kid before she became a nun. So she would walk throughout the neighborhood and she would see old ladies sit on the porch and she would sit on the porch with them and she would ask them their stories and they would ask her stories because obviously like, who are you? What are you? And, and so she would, they would just talk and they would share their fruits with her and she would share her vegetables with them. And she just did it over and over and over again. She just went to them where they were at, sat on their porches, became friends with them. But eventually because she was so consistent and intentional with going to them where they were, they began to open up to her about their experience. And they shared with her that at one point the neighborhood was Catholic. It was an entire Catholic neighborhood. It, but then the archbishop, uh, years ago, he decided we're going to integrate the black parish to white parish. So guess whose parish they just shut down without any kind of conversation? It's like, oh, black parish. It's Y'all stop being the a parish. black
3: parish. <laughs> go
2: to the white parish. So, again, they're Catholic. They're like, we'll go to mass wherever. So they go to the prominent white parish. And guess what? They were told to sit in the back by their brothers and sisters in the Catholic church. They were spit on they wouldn't shake their hands for the sign of peace. They were not allowed to be involved in any ministries. And so all but two families in this entire neighborhood left the Catholic Church. Other predominantly uh Protestant you know pastors began to move in, and so they began to have like some became Baptist, some became Methodists, others became non-denominational, and others became non-practicing anything. And so when sister came to this neighborhood, she listened to them and she believed them, she didn't question their story, she prayed with them, and she loved them. Mother Angelica eventually gave her $15,000 and she was able to buy a little shack in the neighborhood to be more present to the people. And she thought when she bought this shack that it would be a shack where the old ladies would come and to her. But the people who came weren't old ladies. It was always little kids, a bunch of little boys, came her sons and She took them after school and and sing songs with them and teach them how to pray, how to rap the Lush of the Hours instead of chanting them. She took them on road trips, places they'd never been, brought them to Adoration. They'd never been to that before. And all of a sudden, all these kids on their own accord began to come into the church. And when they came into the church, their parents came into the church. And not only that, but she even one of the young ladies who, who started coming became a nun, a holy family sister, an African-American girl from the neighborhood, fell in love with Jesus, became Catholic, became a nun, and is now a sister. So all this fruit happened because she went to them where, where they were at, and she walked with them in a way that was conducive for them to grow in, in their relationship with the Lord. But what she also did was she always invites them to leadership roles. So she was able to invite them to leadership roles in the church. So some of them uh, end up being part of this group in the church and a pastor or council or whatever. That way their voices were now also heard at their local parish where they their parents or their grandparents or they were at one point discouraged from attending and where they were alienated and where they were discriminated against. And so all this fruit happened all because she went to them where they were at, listened to them, walk with them, and then accompanied them into leadership roles in the church parish. So that way their voice is heard, their wisdom is heard. And so when, when decisions are now made going forward, there are African Americans at the leadership table of this parish who are able to, to share their wisdom and their insights where, as before they weren't there. So do we believe that God is God? And if we do, then we need to just make room for people to come in presence of God and watch God do his thing. And he will do it every single time. And then those of us who have leadership roles, we need to make space at the table for other people to be there, to have their voice heard.
0: We have to meet them at the crossroads so they won't be lonely.
2: Maybe I should call for the <laughs> and, and I'm gonna miss everybody. It's Man, a, that song is so his uncle Charles. I miss my uncle, uncle Charles, Charles, y'all. <laughs> Ooh, nobody knows what the heck they're saying. Don't even know, no, nobody, nobody knows, knows what the heck they're saying. <laughs> it's in, it's in tongues, that right there is actually they are in there tongues. speaking in tongues, phone
0: thugs in harmony, <laughs> made a <of> Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. That's amazing. I I can't wait to get into it. I'm sure our listeners can't. Where can we get the book again?
2: Yeah, so it's called On Earth as it is in Heaven, Restoring God's Vision of Race and Discipleship by me, Father Josh Johnson, and you can get it at www.assistionpress.com slash on earth. Uh, and so please support it. Like This is uh, my passion book. It's been six years. I've written a bunch of books now, and I'm proud of all of them, but this is the book I've always wanted to write. This is the book I started writing. It's the very first book I proposed, and it took me six years to get it published. Um, so I believe if this is the only, if my, if this is my last book. I just believe in this book. I believe that this is the book, um, and y'all's book as well. Cause y'all's book is great. I really did love it. Um, I can't endorse it enough. Um, because Abe didn't let me write my endorsement on the back of y'all's book. I ain't gonna say to Abe, but I'll endorse it with my voice. So yeah, but I do, I just believe this is a gift to the church and that this is something that I think is going to change the church for the good, for the better. Yeah. I going mean, and that church teachings gonna change the body of Christ, the people in the church. Yeah, it change, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's yeah.
0: going to change. Yeah, it will change the church. You're right. It will change yeah. the people of God. So, um, besides your book and you know the Miseducation of lauren Hill, mm-hmm. what else do you have to offer us? What should we check out? What should we try?
2: If you go try a CC, you gotta try some some of that carbonara, that spaghetti carbonara. <laughs> um, if you ever uh, come down to Louisiana, you have to you have to have crawfish. You gotta mm-hmm. um, get oh alligator blackened alligator is so good. Oh my right. goodness, y'all alligator is the best blackened. Don't get it fried, get it blackened. Okay, uh, every, okay. blackened, blackened. Everything's good blackened. But you could uh, just pray for me and, and please support the book, and um, that's really, really what I care about. Oh, vagabond! I'm I'm on the board for Vagabond Mission, yes. so I'm a big supporter of Vagabond. So uh, if, if any of your listeners have a desire to support us and the work we're doing in the inner city, uh, that'll be great, Lee. Uh, appreciated. And yeah, that's about all I got.
0: So besides, you know, crawfish and the carbonara and the cez, which you already know about. Oh,
3: I mean, carbonara anywhere in Italy is advisable
0: so so. (laughs) shannon what do you have for our offertory today
3: uh so i am recommending going back to the billboard music archives so like the hot 100 archives Mm -hmm. um and go through and listen to all the old songs so like pick a year maybe the year you were born i don't know find maybe your birthday and find what was on the hot 100 and just like take a trip down memory lane. It's great. I did like the summer of my senior year and I was like, oh, I forgot
1: about this song. Oh, yeah.
3: (laughs) And you
1: you can just
3: find stuff on YouTube, you know, nowadays, because everything's free to listen to um, or, you know, whatever music streaming service you might like and eric and i have done that a couple years and it's just really fun and like we introduce our kids to new music and that kind of thing and then i am also recommending dining al fresco which means eating outside Uh, (laughs) (laughs) since we're talking about italy have some carbonara al fresco We're finally in late spring where it's getting warm and like, maybe we don't have to wear a winter coat uh, in the Midwest here. All you like California, Florida, people are like, yeah, we've always been doing that. Whatever. Southerners, whatever. We love you, but also whatever. (laughs) Like just enjoy God's creation and have a meal, maybe have a glass of your favorite beverage, some lemonade, Sweet tea, oh, yeah. whatever. Or lemon Maybe an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, so I'll start off with my beverage recommendation, which I have. It's going to sound so funny because we all know that I love me some coffee and I can be a coffee snob. And, yeah. you know, I, I buy beans and, you know, and I you you
3: grind know, the them things. with your milk. And I grind them myself by and hand. Them <laughs> my
0: <French press. laughs> or I put in my pour over. But guys, you know what hits? I'm not going to lie. Great value French roast coffee.
1: Mm.
3: That
0: is the Walmart brand.
3: Walmart has some things coffee. that are listen. Good. Walmart has
0: some things, as and I'm a Target as I shopper. I am
3: fighting with Walmart sometimes for their yes. not greatness. It's
0: difficult, but I'm not kidding. I I'm like yes, the great value French roast coffee, y'all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, uh, I've got some music. Um, hein, like Hein, yeah. the band yeah um so here's i i love that they are such a good band i like them i love following them they're 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 a good instagram follow first of all because they're hilarious and ridiculous and they don't care but their album it came out last year as women in music part three it is very very good i really like it a lot and i think i think it's a really good album i think it's a really important album for girls just trying to do it um do their thing and i and I've, i've liked time for a while. I didn't know about them until they were the musical guests on Saturday Night Live, like back in I like think 2015 or 2016. And I was like, they're great. I mean, they're also featured on a Taylor Swift song, <laughs> No Body, No Crime, before that. But yes. And then also a book that has stuck with me and I really, really like it. It's, but you should do it in audiobook form. It's called Daisy Jones and the Six. And because it is an audio performance, like you can read it and that's fine and you will get the same impact. But I love the, the audio book of it is so good. It's uh, read by Julia Whelan and I liked Julia Whelan is one of my favorite female audio book readers. I like her and I like Zachary Weber and Sebastian York and Andy Hart, just so you know, like, I am like ridiculous. I have my, <laughs> once you know, you like a voice, you start to write, am I right? Like, but Julia, Wheel. and it's funny, whenever I find, I like the narration, I go, who does this? And I'm like, it's Julia Whelan. <laughs> so, but it's uh, it's basically like a VH1 behind the music in book form, but in audiobook form, it's called Daisy Jones and the six. I think it's like, like a fictionalized version of, Fleetwood Mac, but not quite. You guys, it is so good and it will stick with you. And it's by Taylor Jen- Jenkins Reed. She's the one who wrote Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And she's got another book that's coming out too. I, I recommend those things. So those are some things, right? Daisy Jones and the Six on, audi- on audiobook. Great value, French Roast. <laughs> and Hi, Women in Music Part 3 are mine. And I'm I'm going to get some billboard. I'm going to yeah, do a, it. I Spotify mean, like, needs to do that. It, I think it, Spotify just needs to, Spotify get on this, make yeah. playlist, make it happen. So, until next week, you can find us in the club with a bottle full of bub. You know we got what you need. <laughs> we got that podcast love. <laughs> go, go, go! <laughs> I didn't even know this is gonna come out. She yeah, I mean, added, "This might come out on your birthday." <laughs> It but it probably won't. <laughs> you can find us in the club, also known as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. <laughs> and yeah, the social media club at mm. PSBB Podcast. You can follow me, Marcia, at Stylishly Sia. You can follow Shannon
1: at Team Quarter Black.
0: You can follow Father Josh at FR Josh Johnson. Don't forget to pick up Father Josh Johnson's new book, Earth As It Is In Heaven, Restoring God's Vision of Race and Discipleship at ascensionpress.com or by clicking the link in the show notes feel free to email us at flatskirtsinbasicblack at gmail.com or visit our website at www.psbbpodcast.com we would love for you to rate and review us on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify amazon music (laughs) etc this helps people more people find the show You can also support our podcast by shopping our merch at psbbpodcast.myspreadshop.com or becoming a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash psbbpodcast. Patreon is also where you're going to get the extended cut of this episode if you didn't know it already. We'd like to say thank you to God for giving us the gift of music, the gift of the church, and the gift of the Eucharist. Thank you also to Jazar for our theme song, Seas of Mars, which has us bobbing our heads week after week. Thank you so much, Father, for joining us today and sharing your wisdom and insight with all of our listeners. Thank you, Shannon, for always being my ride or die. <laughs>
1: Roll out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me and my homies. <laughs> Finally, thanks to all of you, our listeners, for holding it down for the pot each week. Yeah. Come back again next week when we'll be ready for the next episode. A hey, 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 hey. Hope in the Lord every day. <laughs>
2: All right, bye. bye 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 Felicia
0: <laughs> bye Felicia. <laughs>